Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Santer. We're at the Southern Bank Corps studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon, and we're very glad you're with us, whether it's on a Super Talk radio station or online. Uh, welcome to the show. Opening segment sponsored every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Justin and the guys are fantastic. Great place. To cater your next event, they do a wonderful job with catering. And, of course, it's a great place to take your family and enjoy a good meal seven days a week right here in Hattiesburg. All right, Lady Eagles uh, back at home and on the floor tonight. Had a great conversation last night with Dominique Davis, and we're going to have that a little later in the program and, uh, of course, get you up to date on basketball. But uh, first, we've been waiting on this day this week, uh, return appearance by our athletics director, Jeremy McLean. Always a great pleasure Jeremy, to have you on the Eagle Hour, sir, and you're always available. We really appreciate that. Well, appreciate you guys having having me, and happy New Year to you. Hope uh, hope the holidays treated you all well. It was good. We all had uh, had good time. Kelly didn't eat too much. He said, "I'm lying about that, Jeremy." But uh, we did. Uh, we really did. I, I, I'm right there with you, though, Kelly. I ate plenty myself. It's state uh, state law. I have to keep up this physique. Yeah, you know, I, I get it. I understand. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, lots to ask you about. We really do appreciate your time again. Let's start with basketball. Of course, the money now I know is in place uh, to do some improvements at Reed Green. I think we all agree those improvements are, are badly needed. Give us, if you will, sir, a, uh, a timetable on uh, when that work will start and what exactly will our fans see in regard to those improvements? Yeah, uh, definitely. Obviously, I know that's a hot topic, um, and it, as it should be, something that's much needed on our end. It's something that we've been trying to kind of clear the path to move forward with for quite some time. You know, what you saw or what you heard this fall was um, an IHL board agenda item that was approved to really move our budget from about $15 million to to about $35 million, which which is a huge step for us. I think one of the one of the unique challenges in this project is that our source of revenue, or our largest source of revenue for the project, um, is the one-cent tax here in the community. And uh, that money comes to us a month at a time. And so trying to create um, debt service and uh, the financial package that would allow us to um, get to this $35 million mark where we can kind of do this all at one time. What we didn't want to do is try to put a Band-Aid here and a Band-Aid there and really end up spending more money because we couldn't do it all at once. And so just kind of from the history of the project, that's been that's been where we've been trying to get to. And so this fall, you saw an approval from IHL to move that to $35 million. Now, 
Over the next month, we've still got a step to take, which is to get the approval for the bond issue, um, which would get us to that budget mark. And then after that, uh, our plan is to share some renderings and talk, and talk more publicly about, you know, what all is going to be included in the project. What I will tell you is two of the most, I think, important things for us, top of the list priority-wise, was uh, a, a practice facility. You know, adding a practice facility to the arena um, not only is it beneficial for our basketball program, uh, our ability to develop our student-athletes, our, develop, our, our ability to recruit um, you know, our, against our peers, but also if we are going to host more events and re-green and, and quote-unquote take the basketball floor offline, then we have to have a place to practice. And so for us, that was really priority number one, practice facility. And so that will be a part of the project, certainly. Uh, and then aesthetically, really adding a front door and entryway to the facility is another big piece of the puzzle for us. Um, there are a lot of things we're going to do. You know, inside the bowl, there's a lot of money that has to be spent in infrastructure that may or may not be seen by people. There's just an older building, and so we've got to make some investments in making sure that it's going to stand the test of time. We're obviously going to renovate um, around the concourse, concessions, and restrooms, and uh, redo our ticket office. And so there's a, there's a, a lengthy list of things that we're going to be able to get to. Um, and we'll, like I said, we'll be able to share more of that publicly um, this spring once we got to get through this approval process. Yeah, where would a practice court be, Jeremy? Yeah, so the plan right now would be for that to be positioned on the south side of the building. And so um, between the circle um, and, the, and, you know, the, the back door, quote-unquote, back door of the building. And so, um, you know, the planning process, there's still some, some things to navigate there, but um, that's where we have that position. That's where the architects think we can make it work, and uh, we think we have enough space there to make that make sense. When do you think – and I know you can't be specific, but – when do you think everything would be done and we would be playing in the renovated regreen? Yeah. Here's what I can probably give you a better feel for this. Um, I can probably give you a better sense of when I think it's going to start. Um, and, you know, because sometimes that may be we're going to have to continue to play basketball in the building. So it may be a situation where we play through some of those renovations. And, and my goal is to not take um you know take the facility offline we'll be able to continue our basketball seasons but if we continue to move at the pace we're moving at uh we should have all of our planning with the architects done and out for bid during the 24 calendar year now i'd love for that to be during the summer i know how construction projects go it may be a little later but uh, we'll be able to put that out to bid and get the, get that settled and so progress and and really a bunch of movement, you know, you hopefully would see before the end of this calendar year. We're going to put a new roof on the building um, this spring. That was something we had hoped to do during the fall. Uh, it got delayed for a couple of different reasons out of our control. And so that will happen this spring. And then later in the calendar year, my hope is that we would begin to see renovations begin on the facility. And so I couldn't tell you right now if that's going to be um, an 18-month process or a two-year process. Um, but I feel confident that that process would start during the 2024 year. So that, that practice facility, Jeremy, just so fans might be able to visualize it a little bit more, would be between the existing Reed Green and the, the Johnson Natatorium. Is that what I'm understanding? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Without disrupting um, the circle uh, drive around 
around the Coliseum. So we feel like that footprint will allow us to to build a practice facility there and uh, and have that easily accessed for our student athletes. And the front door, I'm assuming, would be facing Fourth Street. That's right. Yep. Okay. I, I want to talk the decision because we haven't talked to you since Ohio State was pulled from the football schedule and replaced with Kentucky. Can you take us back through that decision making process and how that yeah. fell into place? Yeah, some of that kind of came to us, um, you know, and, and it was it, uh, a little bit of um, kind of working through that. What made the most sense for us? Um, you know, you know, again, it was really kind of came to us because other people on the schedule, Kentucky needed to make an adjustment. And so the best way to do that, they, they were scheduled to go on the road. And so the best way to do that was to kind of get some other people to move around. So for us, it gave us a chance to, to travel back to Kentucky, a place we had been before, a place that uh, had treated us well in a lot of ways. We obviously went up there and won a ball game, but we all, we, we, you know, it was a great trip in a lot of ways. Uh, so we just felt like it probably made more sense, um, you know, uh, geographically, travel-wise, um, ability to, to turn that into, you know, and for us, we get a chance to plan a donor type event. It's, it's really a good trip in a lot of ways. And so it, although I, 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 there were some hesitation to miss out on the opportunity to go to Ohio State, we just felt like this gave us a better chance, a better way to open the season. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It would be kind of like, well, it would be like avoiding a prostate exam for me, having to go to Ohio State. <laughs> but, but Yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously there's a, an element of, you know, that being a really great trip and experience for our student-athletes and our fan base. But um, for a lot of different reasons, it just made more sense for us to make the trip to Lexington. Yeah. And there's something called To the Top Collective now that's, that's you know, trying to raise money for yep. NIL. And you hear people all the time. I mean, I hear people on the street saying, oh, Southern Miss, we got a little bit more money than people think we do. Where, where, <laughs> does, where does the To the Top Collective fit in the hierarchy of the athletic department? Or is it completely separate? Yep, completely separate. Those are the rules. And so, you know, the collective is an, it's a separate entity, but it's designed and created to, to benefit Southern Miss student-athletes. And so while it doesn't fall under our umbrella, it definitely is beneficial to us and beneficial to providing opportunities for our student-athletes. You know, and it's not that we don't ever talk to them. That's not the case. I mean, we try to try to help you know, facilitate some things any way we can as long as it's within the rules. And, you know, for us um, – I think you're probably right. I think there are more things happening with our student-athletes than a lot of people realize. And uh, what we've been able to do over the last couple of years, I think, um, you know, has, has has been really good. So for us, and from a collective standpoint, what they're trying to do is continue to move the needle. Um, the last couple of years, they've, they've made progress, but... Uh, you know, it's a kind of a ever-changing landscape, and people begin to to make progress of their own and 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 gain ground. And so, our collective, their focus right now is on continuing to try to grow, continuing to create different opportunities, and really continuing to educate. I think that's a huge piece of the puzzle. You know, we had a conversation not too long ago with Peter Bame, who uh, who runs the collective, about that. You know, how can we help educate? And what can they do to, to make sure the word is out there? And so those are things as we go into 2024, the collective is going to be focused on. But it's not an athletic, you know, it's not under the umbrella of the athletic department. It's not associated with the university, but it most definitely is um, created and ran in a way to benefit our student athletes. All right, we're talking to Athletic Director Jeremy McClain. Going to finish and conclude the conversation in the next segment. There was more to come from Jeremy McClain right after this. 
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, don't forget you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And we thank the thousands of people every month that do that. We see the numbers, and we're very, very grateful. Very grateful to you for uh, tuning in. Campus Bookmart sponsors this segment of our show, and everybody knows how we feel about Kathleen. I bet Jeremy knows Kathleen and feels the same way. She's just wonderful, and uh, they do such a great job in putting out Southern Miss merchandise. Although I didn't realize that there was a part of the store. It's the Kelly Corner. Named after where me. Where I bought your Christmas gift, the <laughs> Kelly Corner. Yeah, where the big shirts are for the big guy, the husky guy. The Lane Bryant for men. <laughs> All right, Jeremy McLean, Athletics Director. I know you had another follow-up on that collection. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Jeremy, from just and just logically thinking, uh, you know, there's only so much money to go around. And, you know, if people say, well... If I give money to the collective, then I might have to cut back on what I give to the Eagle Club or the Hardwood Club or the you know Dugout Club. That's got that's is that an issue? How does that work? Well, I think it's a real um, it's a real issue. From hey, there's only so many disposable dollars right. disposable come out there. But here's what I would tell someone who wants to you know needs to make that decision. The collective kind of in this um, in the arena we're in now in in, in our world today. Um, is as important. That may surprise people, but but it's as important as the Eagle Club is to us. Um, and so people who need to make that decision, you know, I w- whatever they feel comfortable with doing, I would encourage them to do that. And I realize some people may have to do that, but the collective is going to be incredibly important to our success over the next couple of years. I think we've got a great opportunity here to continue to grow and get better. My hope is that we can, the collective can continue to improve and we can continue to improve on the Eagle Club side. But I do know there are people that will need to make that decision. And I would just say to them, whatever decision you make is going to be beneficial to the department. Was there not one team in the Sun Belt that actually shut their collective down or something to that effect? Yeah, I think I remember that. It might have been Coastal. Um, you know, and, and, and I don't. I don't think that means they're not participating anymore. I think okay. it means that what they were doing didn't work, and so they're probably regrouping a little bit. Gotcha. Because um, it's not a perfect science. I mean, we're all still, you know, the collectives are trying to figure this thing out, just like we all are. And and, uh, and so, so I think that's what happened there. What I will tell people is that they want to participate. It's very, very simple. Uh, you can go to tothetopcollective.com. There's an opportunity, if you'll scroll down, there's an opportunity to click on a monthly you know, reoccurring expense, you know, $10, $20, there's different levels. Um, you can just simply enter your credit card or debit card, and, and, and you're enrolled, and, and you're helping the collective with their mission and, and ultimately helping us uh, within the athletic department. It's a really easy process, just like, you know, any anything else you sign up for on a monthly basis. And so I want to make sure people know how to do that. Okay, Jeremy. I want to move on to a to another sport. I don't want to skip past basketball, but we did. You know, we talked about improvements in basketball. Uh, we have Coach Oz on the show uh, next Wednesday. It'll start being a regular occurrence. We we anticipated, hope, and that of course means baseball is just around the corner. First question: What is the status of ticket availability for baseball? Yeah, yeah great question. Um, it's going to be very limited. Here's what. Here's what we're trying to do. I, I think uh, in the next day or two, they're probably going to tell me that we're at a hard sellout again, which is awesome. That's, that is great for our program. What we're going to try to do this year is do a little better job of creating some opportunities for walk-ups and, 
you know, some groups and things like that. So we've got a plan that we're working on to try to make sure people can um, send their tickets back into us if they're not going to use them and allow us to get them back out into the market. And so we're, we haven't finalized that yet, but I, I, we're working very hard on it. Should be able to put some information out soon. So I would tell you that, you know, we're going to sell out the stadium again from a season ticket standpoint, but we're also going to try to carve out some walk-up single-game opportunities this year and and make sure that even on, you know, the midweek games and the uh, weekends that aren't as attractive, that, that we still have as many people in the park as we can possibly get. Okay, and I did hear people complain, and I, I think I knew the answer to this, but I, I heard people say, oh, I heard it was a sellout, but look up there, they're, they're empty seats. But those were seats that were, were sold, and, and the person that bought them elected not to come to the park that day, That's right. right? Yeah, 100%. They were all sold. Um, and, and people, you know, people just have to, you know, there are people who buy season tickets from a support standpoint, knowing they're only going to get there, you know, four or five weekends out of the year. And so, uh, we do have some of those situations and that's what we're trying to help, uh, fill the gap on when I talk about a program that will get tickets back to us and us get them back into the market. That's exactly what we're talking about. How do we make sure that we're getting people in those seats and we're filling up the stadium, uh, not only selling it out, but that we're filling it up. All right. So, what advice do you have to baseball fan one who is looking right now for a ticket? Yeah, I would say this: if you're not on the list, um, you know, from a standpoint of buying season tickets, you're not quite there yet. Uh, we will have some information coming out on how many single game uh, tickets we're going to have available to us, and we're going to be able to, I think, put some more tickets back out into the market. So. Uh, they're not going to be a, not going to be a ton of inventory, but I do think they're going to be some single game opportunities for people who are looking. All right, you didn't hesitate. Uh, you 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 pulled the trigger quick when uh, Scott announced last year he was retiring, and I think all of us that closely follow the baseball program anticipated your decision, and we feel very very good about Coach Oz taking over the program. But there's new leadership in the program, and there's new. There are new faces in the program, and you were a heck of a baseball player yourself, so you know the game. What do you expect, uh, What do you expect, Jeremy, uh, as, when we take the field in the new year? Well, let, let me say I'm, I'm really excited about, I think, what Christian does and what we've seen so far. What he's done, what he's done for multiple years as assistant coach, what he's done throughout his career, and then really what we've seen over the last you know, six or eight months. Um, I, I'm excited about our, our, our team. I think I'm excited about our coaching staff. I think it's a very, very talented group. Um, we've got a lot of new faces. And, and so I think sometimes what that means is kind of out of the gate. There's a, you know, people are going to have to figure out what their roles are and fit into those a little bit. Um, but I think by the time, you know, we get the conference play and kind of get some of that done, I think we've got a chance. To, to have another special year. I really do. I think, I think we've got a chance to, to compete. Now, obviously, our goal is to compete for championships. And I think this is a team that's, you know, very capable of doing that. And uh, so I'm, I'm as excited as anyone to, to see them uh, get out on the field, see some of the new guys compete. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be another really fun year at Pete. You know, I know this because I lived in Greenville, and you know it because you were the all-time winning pitcher there. But, uh, boy, a Coach Oz comes from a – tremendous program if you go back to his start uh delta state university tremendous tremendous baseball program and great lineage uh for the for the start of our of our new coach correct 
Yeah, it really is. And I, and I think for people who aren't familiar with that, I, I would say there, there's a lot of parallels between Delta State's baseball program and, and our program here at Southern Miss. It, it begins with the coaches. Like, you know, at, at Delta State, there's been just four coaches now in about a 50, 60-year window, just right. much like Southern Miss. And, and they're coaches that have invested not only in the programs but in young people so what ends up happening is those programs breed really good coaches. So if you look throughout this, our footprint, the state of Mississippi, um, it, you know you can pick someone out as a high school coach in this state, and the chances of them being connected with Southern Miss or Delta State are really, really high. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is the programs, the way they run, the way they help develop people, and the way they teach the game uh, is, are very similar. And so I think, to your point, he comes from a place where um, not only is it baseball played at a high level, but the expectations that come with being a part of a program are at a very high level. And so I think that prepared him. Of course, he's done other things throughout his career that helped prepare him for this opportunity, but I think that foundation as being part of that program and being with some unbelievable coaches really set him up. Uh, to have a great career. The fighting oak. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, this pitching staff, injury aside, this pitching staff on paper is magnificent. This, 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 could, this could be the best pitching staff, top to bottom, that we've had in four, four years. I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, I would agree with that. I think, um, I think talent-wise, of course, we've we got some young arms right. in that group that you're referencing, Kelly. Uh, there'll be some growing pains and some growing up, but I, I think you're exactly right. I think there's uh, this is as talented a staff as as we probably had in a long time, um, and and that's exciting. I mean, I, I like I said, I'm I'm really anxious to see those guys get out there and compete, yeah. and um, but it, it, and it's it, it bodes well for the future. I think what what this group, what what Scott did, and what Christian's done over the past couple of years in recruiting, um, I think we've recruited. Uh, at a better level than maybe we ever have. And uh, I think that's going to pay dividends for several years for us. Established without argument as a top 20 program in the country. Isn't that fair to say? I think it is. And, uh, of course, our, our challenge is to continue to stay there, right? And, right, and right. Uh, you know, we're, right. We're, we're working every day to try to make sure we're doing the things that allow us to be in, continue to be in that conversation. Well, none, because let's be honest, uh, we're, we're not in a league where we automatically going to get – slotted into you know being respected every year right we even though we have it. a great baseball league right we have uh, to earn it we've got to continue to work at it and, and we're definitely doing that always a pleasure to have you on the show jeremy you're welcome here anytime thank you guys appreciate what you do all right thank you very much jeremy mcclain athletics director southern Mid- all right i heard it from you and jeremy mcclain my nervousness is over oh pitching you is every baseball pitching guys is, yeah these guys can chunk it bob i'm telling you from pitcher one to 12 they're fantastic Get me excited, Kelly. Good. You should be. They're going to be great. (laughs) We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Genesis of Hattiesburg is the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs. 
Well, they're the finest luxury vehicles on the road. Coming soon, the all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. It's up. They're not open. Boy, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful building. 4th Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the show. Kelly and I love 4th Street Bar and Grill for a number of reasons. The cold PBR, the shrimp poor boys, the lunches. Tomorrow's your favorite day. Catfish, absolutely. The memorabilia, the camaraderie. It's just, if you're a Southern Miss fan, you're at home when you're in 4th Street Bar and Grill. Yeah, I've been known to sandbag a couple of pool players there every once in a while. Have and, you really? Uh, kind of like a Fats Domino type you know, thing? Had to go with the fat jokes, didn't no, you? No, no. Wasn't that, wasn't that the Minnesota great? Minnesota fat. Minnesota fat. Oh, I was Iowa fats growing you up. You were Iowa fats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Basketball men are on the road at Monroe, right? Tonight. The ladies are at home. They'll be taking on James Madison. And, of course, the leader of that team uh, for the last two years has been Dominique Davis. What a delightful kid. The problem is that she's fighting through multiple injuries. She had back surgery last year that really hindered her much of the year. The back injury, talking to her last night, she, you know, she's got a bum ankle now. But she's a warrior. She's from Louisiana, so she's tough. And came here from LSU, remember, a couple years LSU. ago. So I had a great conversation with Dominique last night, and uh, here's here's how that went. All right, Dom Davis, back on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Dom, I asked you before we started the interview, what injuries are you battling today? So tell us what you've been through. Um, You know, just dealing with my back, and then most recently was my ankle. You know, really affected me the last game, just rolling it. Um, and then, you know, this we have some rough practices, but that's just because we playing hard. We fighting, working, getting better. I kind of jammed a couple fingers, but, you know, can't nothing really hold me down. So you're good to go tomorrow night? Oh, definitely, yes, sir. All right, so you start out seven straight wins, big win over a nationally ranked team. Then you just, you've had some trouble down the stretch. What has been the difference in the first seven games and the last six games? Um... You know, I think we got on a roll really early, and we kind of just built off of that, you know, good feeling. You know, we had a lot of energy uh, surrounding us with the fans and, and community, and I think uh, these past uh, few games that we've been dropping, I think they've all been learning lessons. You know, every every team every year has to go through some, and, um, you know, it's, it's frustrating to lose uh, back-to-back how, like we have been, but, I mean, they're learning lessons, and um, we can only get better from here. Like, we want to be playing our best basketball uh towards the end of conference, you know, so we can always build off of this, and uh, we've definitely been growing as a team. So winning a share of the season championship last year, regular season, you get a target on your back. You, you, you're you not the hunter. You became the hunted this year. Everybody's giving you their best shot, aren't they? Definitely. We uh we see a lot of teams' best effort uh, every night, you know, and that's what we want. We want to be able to say that we beat teams and they played their best. You know, that's uh the wins that you like the most and uh, remember the most. So definitely winning a share of that uh, coming into this year. Um, and then how we started the uh, season, everybody knows, like, these losses do not tell what type of team we really are. You're going to have to bring your A game when you play uh, Southern Miss. What are you seeing out of the league so far this year, Dom? Uh, the league is tough, man, from top to bottom. Each game is going to be tough. Um, a lot of games have been really close. There have been a lot of defensive games in the low 50s. You know, nobody's really been getting up in the 80s. Uh, so that just lets you know across the board that defense is really uh, em- emphasized in this um, league. But it's a tough league, you know, and I'm, ex- I'm excited to be a part of it. Everything really matters in March. Is that not right? That is very true. You know, we want to be playing our best basketball around that time. And, you know, being a in a mid-major uh, school and in a conference, you know, 
we can do our best during the uh, regular season. But once that, that tournament time comes, we want to be playing our absolute best to where we can get a bid in the uh, postseason. So you obviously started your career at LSU, and, and you've been a team leader here. Describe your run here at Southern Miss. What what being a part of this program has meant to you? Uh, it's meant so much to me on and off the court. Um, I've been able to do a lot within the community um, with basketball, and I've been able to grow as a person um, and a player. And I've enjoyed my time here so much. You know, I came here from LSU not knowing too much about Southern Miss, you know, or Mississippi. When I came out here, it felt it didn't feel too different from back in Louisiana, and I really enjoyed my time. I'm gonna miss it uh, after this year. The Louisiana people are tough. You bring that tenacity to the basketball floor every night, don't you? Definitely. I uh, I always joke around with my parents, and we joke around like now just talking like how I play with guys growing up all the time. So I. I really credit um, all the guys that I grew up with. They kind of um, hardened me on the court, you know, and just and just playing around, you know. So that that definitely speaks on how uh, I was raised. All right. So what's what's left this year? What do you want to accomplish? You're the preseason player of the year. Are you happy with the way things have gone up to this point? Talking about you personally, and what do we want to see out of Dom Davis the rest of the year? Um, definitely. I want to have that that title at the end of the year. You know, it was a great. Um, thing to earn uh, before the year that just shows how much respect people have for my game you know and I want to finish out with a championship and and having that championship is going to guarantee that I probably was the best player in the uh, conference and I definitely want to bring that uh, title back to Southern Miss you know um, and just something you're going to see from me is just continuing to play hard and continuing to be efficient you know I think that's that's kind of a big thing with me uh, this year that my numbers have been pretty efficient um well, more efficient than the past few years and more consistent, you know. So that's definitely something that you're going to continue to see because I think when I play like that and I, I can play under control, it makes the people around me better. All right, stay healthy. Thank you. Dom Davis, uh, last night we have three more uh, player interviews and we've still got Jose Benitez from the men's team. We'll be bringing those all to you in the in the coming days. That kid's tough as nails, but – just as sweet as she can be and really one of my favorite athletes. And her style, Bob, is like a double-edged sword because you like an athlete that's going to go 100% all the time. But when you have somebody like Dom Davis whose speed is always 100 miles an hour. Very quick. Yeah, the problem they run into is they play so hard all the time that the mind is willing but the body's weak. I mean, she plays so hard. Her back is injured. You know, she jammed some fingers in practice. Yeah, rolled an, rolled an ankle. Yeah. So I, it was interesting to me two points that she made. But she was raised around boys. I was going to say if there was ever a woman that could hold her own with <laughs> with a man on a basketball court, it you know, that, her, yeah. oh for sure, she she yeah. is that tough. Yeah. Um, and when she said at the end, if I can play under control, and when she has these injuries. She's going to have to play under con- under control, or she is in danger of having to shut it down for the whole season. Well, see, they can't have that. No, I, I agree. I think they're going to go as far as Dominique can lead them. I agree 100%. Yeah. All right, the men are at Monroe tonight, and you and I were talking, uh, and I think we were talking off-air to Coach Ladner earlier, but this Monroe is formidable. Big, tough team. The biggest team across the front that uh, Southern Miss is going to face. Now, they're 4-9. and nine overall so um you know you might think that uh that that but coach richard over there we talked to him at at media day and he said he told us and this was before the mics were were hot 
but he said, look, I've had some stinker teams in the past. I've, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, this is not a bad team. You know, this is a team that's going to be able to compete. And it's a team that's problematic for Southern Miss because they have not seen a front three as big as Monroe has. They're not going to see the rest of the season uh, a front three like Monroe has. And with everybody eating each other in these standings, you know, everybody about has the same record, it's going to be tough to win on the road no matter where you go. Yeah, you know, it's so frustrating, Kelly. We've had this conversation about the Sun Belt only getting one bid and and I, I know you generally handle the men's team for us, and I handle the women's team. And uh, to the to the player, to the guys, to the girls, they all talk about how tough every game is in the Sun Belt. And you get a great description. The Sun Belt kind of eats itself in a way. And that's a problem when you're trying to get more than one team into the big dance at the end of the year. Perfect example. Um, Southern Miss goes to Georgia Southern at that point, hadn't won a game. Georgia Southern beats Southern Miss. Georgia Southern now has won some games in the conference. Turnaround comes home against the number one team in the conference, undefeated, ranked 19th in the country. That same Southern Miss team that lost to sorry Georgia Southern at that point beats James Madison. So uh, that tells you everything. It's a crapshoot, man, in this league. Well, both both teams, the the two upcoming games, road games, excuse me, Today and Saturday for the men, very important. The ladies really need to get it turned around. And you got two home games. Here's your opportunity to get back on the right track. But here's James Madison. And and, and the men play, you know, Monroe tonight, as we mentioned. Well, Troy won last night. The Troy's tough. They had an, they had an unusual Wednesday night game, beat Louisiana. That's five in a row now that yeah. Troy won. And Troy, Bob, starting three freshmen. Three true freshmen they're starting. So nobody expected Troy to come out of the gate like they have. Yeah. And so this this is going to be a tough road trip for the Eagles. Tough games uh, upcoming for both the men and women. The women are here, so it's an opportunity to support them. They'll be at the re-green tonight and then again on Saturday. And actually, Barry McKnight, the voice of the Troy Trojans, will be joining us tomorrow on the Eagle Hour to preview that Southern Miss-Troy game. Yeah, going to be good. We like Barry McKnight, too. All right, when we come back, what what a shocking day in the National Football League. I've been waiting to talk to my partner about that. The Emperor. How do you fire the Emperor? Three more rooms at the old coach's home have, been, have just been cleaned out. <laughs> oh, yeah, then there's that little thing that – that up-and-coming coach over at Alabama says goodbye to football. And the one too. in New England and the one in Seattle and, you know. Unbelievable. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, D-Bat sponsors this segment of the show. Great place to take your child for baseball, softball training. Kelly, I guess youth baseball is going to get started here 
Yeah, and the great thing about DBAT is some coaches, you know, if their field gets too muddy or it gets too cold, the coaches will call DBAT and say, hey, can I get my whole team in there? for?" Mm-hmm. And they'll do everything they can to, to wedge you in between other teams that are in there practicing for an hour or so in the batting cage. It's a really nice place. I still don't think they should have let Ole Miss come in there a couple of years ago. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. That's business. Man, that was a good sale day for them. Are you kidding? Yeah, but you'll be, you'll be glad to know they charged Ole Miss four times the $4, regular rate. $4,000 a player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was good. Uh, Mo Baby and Yay Company want to thank them for all they do. It's a great place to go this weekend. Get yourself a delicious beignet. Kelly, would you happen to know what the sauce is? Oh, it's gingerbread's being held over. Gingerbread is being held over. Yeah. Is it good? Really? You're asking me this? <laughs> you know, I have I told you how you do it. You tear off the corner, and they're like little pillows. And you fill it with gingerbread. Yeah, you take your sauce, and you don't. Now, the buttercream is really good, too, and yeah. the the cinnamon. No question. It's just a great place to yeah. go, no question. All right, real quickly, Town & Country Cleaners, Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners. We thank them for their support. Family-owned and operated since 1983. You can call them at 601-264-4920. And let me welcome Bocoma Casino to the Eagle Hour family as well. They started up with us uh, in Laurel uh, just this week, and uh, we're, we're grateful to that. All right, I want to get to the NFL and college football. You and I... Well, we're not going to be there around that much longer anyway. But a young person may never live to see a day where arguably the greatest professional coach and the greatest collegiate coach in history are gone in the same day. Stunning, wasn't it? And the third one at Seattle was pretty doggone good, too. Really good. National championship and Super Bowl championship. Pete Carroll retiring at, well, not retiring, but asked to leave in Seattle. Nick Saban, of course, with the Atlanta, Atlanta, Alabama Crimson Tide, and Bill Belichick. Oh, that's, I feel so bad for New England. That's hard to believe. But let's focus on Alabama for a minute. Nick Saban, now this is Bob Getty speculation. I think Kelly's going to agree with me. At the mountaintop, I would say that's the greatest college football program in the country. He retires, shocks the football world. I contend older coaches like Nick Saban – just do not like the state of college football. And you made such a great point. Alabama can recruit with anybody, but can they outspend Georgia? Can they outspend the incoming richest program in the nation, the Texas Longhorns? You Do you speculate that's why he retired? Yes, with capital letters. Because, again, they they can recruit with anybody. But as even with the resources that Alabama has, and this is, we're talking NIL now, okay, they're not going to be able to outspend Georgia. And Texas has a third-string quarterback making $2.1 million. That's exactly right. Yeah, a third-string quarterback. Making $2 million. Right. So you're not going to be able to outspend Texas. And I think the writing was on the wall. Uh, Coach Saban is either 71 or 72 years old. You know, there there just comes a time, you know, um, that he he's probably he's got generational wealth, you know that. Right. Uh, so you're certainly not doing it for the money. And I think mm-hmm. there was something that had to happen to get these guys to make that decision. If we could just get whatever it is that they discovered, if we could get Congress and Senate. That do the same. Yeah, thing. to retire at seventy Let's and go start home with the turtle. Well, just don't let me get started. They're, okay, right. they, we've only have an hour. I couldn't name all the ones I'd want to see gone. Right, uh, Nick Saban, the best college coach in history. Yes, I th- I think so. 
I think so. Alabama, the best football program in college over the last 15 years? Mm, yeah, I'd have to say so. <laughs> I'd have to say so, too. That it hurts. That but, hurts to get yeah. that out, doesn't it? But uh, what a day. What a day. I, I was a little surprised at the Tennessee coach being fired. Uh, you know, Mike Vrabel. Yeah, and uh, and so now, man, so many NFL positions. But now he's got ties to New England, so well, would, he'll he'll land another job. Yeah, and and I, and he played in New England, so it wouldn't surprise me if he winds up, you know, back there. But I don't think I think Belichick's probably done. I think he'll go to upstairs, or and he's in his early seventies. Yeah, and he certainly has nothing else to prove. He has nothing to prove. You know, probably. so if if he tries to go to another team, I you know I would just I just like to see. There's nothing wrong with going home, people. No. When you're in your 70s, go home. Enjoy your life. Yeah. You know? And and he's uh, just been incredible. He's been incredible. The argument will always be, did he only win because of Brady? And I, I would say, obviously, Brady was great, but I think there's more to it than that. I, I think he had a lot to do with the Super Bowls. It's a system. It's a system, and Brady ran that system really well. Unfortunately, he hasn't found a quarterback that – yeah. that can even come close Same to that. Same thing with Pete Carroll. Yes. The Seahawks were Super Bowl contenders every year till they lost their quarterback. And we've even peewee football, we've talked at Oak Grove Youth Football League. If you don't have a quarterback, you're up a well-known creek. And the Bengals, as good as they were, you know, finished above 500 the first time any division has had all four teams finish above 500. Same record as Tampa, Cincinnati. Cincinnati finishes last in their division. Tampa wins there. That's got to be frustrating, Sander. And hosts the Eagles on Monday night. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's not even fair. All right, Kelly has the show tomorrow. He'll have some great guests for you. And, of course, we'll do a great job. Until then, thank you for listening and Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.